G'day and welcome to GradChat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research and our graduate programs here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this week's GradChat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and the CFRC. So thank you very, very much to both of them as usual. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Also, another reminder, because I seem to be doing a lot of reminders lately, the clarity of the recording isn't quite as good as when we actually do it in the studio. So our apologies there. We'll do the best we can to sort of uh, clean it up a little bit. But right now I'm here in Kingston. I think Brittany's in Kingston, who I'm going to introduce you. But Andrew, I think, is in Calgary. So we're all over the place. As I said, we want to keep continuing with Grad Chat even when we're under this COVID-19 gaze right now. So uh, we, we are making a few changes, but it was important to keep getting our voice out there. So as I've mentioned, today will be a little bit different from what we usually do, because normally we talk more about our research programs here at Queen's. But today I actually wanted you to hear about one of our professional graduate programs, and it's the Master of Earth and Energy Resources Leadership degree, bit of a mouthful. So the acronym for it, as, as we all know, is MOOL. Um, so I'd like to introduce you to Brittany Jennings, who is the program coordinator, and also Andrew Evans, who is a student in the program. So welcome to Grad Chat, Brittany and Andrew. Thanks, Colette. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we are both there. That's excellent. So I think what we might do first, Brittany, I'm going to ask you some questions because you're the program coordinator. And I think what's important because this program first came about, oh, it must you must be in four or five years now. So why was the program created and what was the rationale for doing it and why do we do it here at Queen's? Yeah, so I can speak to that. So the actual idea of the program started back in 2014, but we didn't launch with students until uh, January of 2017. So right now we are just finishing up with our second class that's graduating. So the program's actually only been active just for uh three years. Um, right. And so the program was created actually because the industry came to us with a need. So there are two alumni from our department that came forward saying that they saw a gap within the industry and they right. had an idea of how to bridge that gap. And so the department that I work out of is the geological science and geological engineering department. Yeah, I remember actually when it was first started or f first um, looking at putting the program together, there was a, a flurry of activity. And, and as you said, there was a lot of industry that was very well, extremely interested in having this program because there clearly was a gap. So what do you think is the significance of this program then? And, and can you elaborate a little bit more on how is how it has impacted industry or for industry? So the Merle program, when it was originally created, it was because we had these people from industry who saw that they had these amazing technical people, these engineers typically that worked for them or geologists who were great out in the field, but they didn't understand the entire landscape of what the natural resource industry is like nowadays. And right. every year it's getting more complex. 
especially when you start looking at all the different stakeholders that come into play when you're talking about natural resources. Yeah. Um, And so the significance of this program is to address that gap to help people who just like Andrew, who have a technical background and help them learn about everything else to do with the industry, whether that's finance and economics to stakeholder engagement and communications and learning how to bridge these gaps as they develop natural resources. Are you allowed to say what kind of companies who have really sort of come on board with this? Yeah, we can. So we do have, so the program is comprised of students who come from both the energy sector and the mining sector. So we're kind of bridging that as well, just because there's a lot of parallels between the two industries. And so we realized that we could deliver one program that helps with both sides. So we've got students who come from Enbridge, a huge company. And then, so Andrew's from Tourmaline, which is out in Alberta. Right. We have a couple of students from Wood Mackenzie. There's a couple of big names in there where we get students, where students come from. And there's also a couple of small companies as well. And then we do have students who come from uh, government. So the Ontario government or the Alberta government or energy regulators as well. Also in the various energy ministries and things like that. Yes, that's correct. So this program, we, we, we call it a professional sort of program. So what does that actually mean for someone? Because most times when people talk about graduate studies, they either think the research side or the MBA. So what does it mean for you that this is a professional program? So for me, a professional program means a program that's bringing people together who currently work with an industry. And so our students are typically working for anywhere from five up to 20 years already with industry. Okay. So you're bringing those groups of students together who have all this real industry experience that can, and you can learn off of each other. Yes. Um, the, this program was specifically designed actually to be online and part-time so that our students can keep working wherever they are in the world. Um, that's important. And do their master's at the same time. And that's kind of what's been the difference maker for this program, just because it's Very often when you do do an MBA or um, a research master's, you have to pick up and move and live somewhere else for a year and either leave your job or ask for some time off. And so this is a great in-between opportunity for those people who don't who can't easily move, basically. Yeah, it was nice to be able to keep working, isn't it? And I'm assuming, and maybe Andrew can answer this, that does your your organization that you're working for, do they actually help you pay your tuition to be a part of this program? Uh, yeah, so specific to my company, uh, they've been very, very supportive with, with encouraging me to, to do this program. They encourage all sorts of education for that matter, but they, that's, they have, that's they have great. helped me out quite a bit, so... Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's it's nice when you can have that, isn't it? <laughs> so, Brittany, just quickly, what kind of you know what do the courses look like? Because you said it's all online, or majority of it's online. So, what does it actually look like? Although, I guess we're kind of you're learning what it's like to be working online these days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that is a good part of the program is that it's almost entirely on online already, and so we've been relatively uninterrupted, which is great. So, it's all course based masters. And so you take, as a Merle student, you take 10 courses and seven of which are mandatory. And then you take three electives. And the courses range from, um, we start you off with a course called Resource Lifecycle. And that's basically to bring everyone up to speed on both the energy sector and the mining sector. And we do a bit of sustainability in that course just to kind of get everyone on the same page who's coming in from different um, backgrounds. Right. And then you do uh, two economics courses. uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you do a strategic leadership in the resource sector course. There's also technology and innovation. There's law, policy, and ethics, and then communication and stakeholder engagement. So those That's would be correct. your core courses that every student takes. And what kind of electives were you talking about? You said there was three that they had to take. Yeah, so the, right now there's four options and you have to complete three. And so there's the mineral life cycle and then the energy life cycle. And so both of those let you get a lot more in depth into those two areas. Right. And then there's something called the uh, field-based synthesis, which is it's probably the best course and the one everyone wants to take. And so it's where <laughs> you basically do a field trip and you start in Alberta. Um, just outside of Calgary, and you visit oil and gas sites and mining Ah. sites across Alberta and BC, and you do geology stops along the way, and you kind of go actually into industry to see what's happening. That's a little bit difficult right now. Yeah, so that has been one of the things we've had to navigate because Andrew (laughs) was set to go in about a month on that trip. And so, uh, yeah, so we've had to postpone for now, and we're looking at alternative options for going forward with that course. Well, that would be good. I mean, I guess one question, one more question for you for Brittany right now is with your student makeup, do you allow international students to be a part of the program as the majority, I mean, more, most of it is online? Yes, we do. We typically have about two thirds of our students are from Western Canada. And then the remaining third is from the rest of Canada and a couple international students. We've had students from uh, South America and the US. Right. And where was that? Oh, the US. In the US. US. Okay. So, so nothing yet from Europe or Asia or anything like that? I might have my first student from Europe for next year, it looks like. Oh, cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was interesting because I know, like, uh, is it Brazil and that have a lot of mining companies and all that sort of thing too, right? So yes. there's a lot yes. there's a lot of programming. A lot of programming. I'm surprised you haven't had an Australian in there because of all the <laughs> stuff that we have. I know. I know. We haven't got that far yet. You have to send me on a, a little reconnaissance trip. and <laughs> That was just so I can go back to my alma mater. Anyway, we digress or I digress. So, Andrew, let me um, ask you a few questions, if you don't mind. Sure. I guess, I guess, first of all, uh, what is your background anyway, and why did you want to do this mill program? Okay, so my background is, uh, so I am from Calgary, Alberta. I've spent the vast majority of my career in the energy sector, first on the service side of things, and, right. uh, and then I've moved over to the producer side. Oh, okay. And yeah, so why I wanted to do this? Well, for a student like me, like there's, there's quite a few options with what you can do to further advance your education. So typically people in my sort of position would probably go for an MBA. Right. But the, so Merle really stood out to me because it's, it's really geared towards the, the earth sciences, which, yeah. you know, there's not really too many programs that I'm really aware of, maybe Brittany can correct me here, but I, if you search hard for them, there's not really anything that's dedicated towards what comes out of the ground. And for someone who's very much like me, where we're concerned with the resources that we produce, having a program that's geared towards that and still allows you quite a bit of flexibility to get your your work done, that's that's what's appealed to me. Yeah, I always find it interesting talking to people who who are allowed to come back and do some 
um, a part-time sort of program like this, the, the reasons for them wanting to come. Some it's purely because their organisation says, we want you to do this. And others is out of their own interest. And also, you know, hopefully it can help them as well when they're back in the work full-time to get further up in their in their company, etc. So, so with that, can you tell us about I mean, how far into the program are you right now? Uh, so we started back in the summer, late summer, so August 2019. And right. uh, I think we have pretty much one year to go. So right around this time next year, we should be graduating. So have you found, found taking the courses online right now? With, I mean, is that what you wanted to have a program where it's online as opposed to in person? Uh, well, there's benefits and drawbacks to either, mm-hmm. but for for someone like me who's really still quite uh, quite busy at at work, having the option to do it online and you can really go at your own pace. Like you could oh, that's really, good. Yeah, you could really get as much as you want done whenever you have the time, and then dedicate certain amounts of time to to work when you need to. So yeah, kind of that flexibility really helps. And I, I guess we're ahead of the curve a little bit with this COVID thing, but the, <laughs> the ability to work online is really like, it's easy. It's, it's simple to set up meetings and, you know, not like the radio, but you can actually see everybody's face and talk yes. and real expressions from them. So it's, yeah, you, you miss a little bit of the, the human interaction, but technology is yeah, part of the way there. So, so you mentioned that I mean, unlike if you're in person, you have set class times, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, online, like you just said, I guess there's a module or there's a particular course outline that you have to follow. But you said you do it at your own pace. But how much interaction do you actually have with the um, professors or experts? Uh, yeah, so typically we have uh, we do have weekly set times that we uh, usually weekly or every other week in which uh, there's kind of like a lecture or a discussion that we have with uh, with the professor and the other right. students. So there, there is some stuff that you do strictly have to, to make it to. But in terms of getting your, your coursework done or any of your write-ups or assignments or researching, that's really left up to you as to how quickly you want to go through that. And you found it easy to, uh, you know, if, if there's times when you have to go and research something, you find that quite easy to do? Uh, I do. I, again, part of the part of the reason I like this uh, program is certain classes integrate very well with the work that I'm doing currently. So right. it's kind of like you're learning or getting some tools that you can use to do the work that you're already doing. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, exactly. It's the, the work and school are really starting to overlap for me. So that's, that's good. So it's not like an add-on. It's actually complementary. Yeah, certain certain bits are for sure. So, can you speak a bit about your experience about managing the program while working? Because sometimes that's a bit difficult for people. Because even though it's a, a part time program, you, you've got your work, you've got your program, you may have family commitments. How are you managing to to do all that and, yeah. and keep sane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, none of us are sane, but. <laughs> Um, Speak for yourself, eh? Come on. <laughs> exactly. uh, really, yeah, it's, it's about how well you manage your own time. So I would say there's probably on average 20, 20-ish hours a week that you have to, to dedicate to, to doing this program. So it's for me, it's a, it's a matter of if I want to be working during the, the evenings during the week or right. if I want to dedicate the time to, to do it on the weekends. 
So finding the right balance on that and finding the right times to work with uh, your other classmates, because a lot of this is working with people that really are all over the world and uh, finding times that we can all meet together. That's, that's one well, that must be that must be difficult, though, because like you said, or even Brittany said, you know, so again, the majority of you are in the West, but there is a smattering from over the east side of Canada and, and a few overseas. So how do you manage within your groups to coordinate a time to get together? It seems like the world has standardized itself to Eastern Standard Time, so... <laughs> We, we oh, luckily, I'm, luckily, I'm living in the right part then. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. so yeah, we adapt our schedules to to meet that sort of time schedule. That's great. And so you talked about because I, I didn't realize there was a lot of collaborations with your classmates, not just with your professors. So speaking to the diversity of your classmates. What have you learned from them so far? Because I think this is the, the big part of any sort of program like this, particularly if people have already been in the field and they're coming back to do some extra study, is all the knowledge that you all bring from your own areas. And it must be fascinating in those discussions and things. So, so what have you learned? Well, yeah, that's entirely it. Like we have quite a few people from the, the mining side of things and really just learning what is all involved with that. Like it's a, it's a massively huge industry and mm-hmm. really the quality of people that we have from these mining companies are quite stellar. So I'm really just learning, enjoying learning about everything that they do on a daily basis. Like what, what goes into making a mine, like ignorant, teach me more and, on the flip side, <laughs> we, get to, we get to do the same thing with energy for them. Right. As much as they're completely different, they're really, really similar. A lot of the issues that we have in energy, they have in mind too. So there's, there's kind of an overlap there that's nice to see. And uh, yeah. That, that is good. Actually, we have another program at Queen's which looks at teaching people who are in the mining industry how to work better with, say, the, the local people, whether that's Indigenous local people or any sort of local community. And I think that's also a huge important area that at times gets missed, particularly with some of these big companies, you know, whether it's in mining or energy, is how to get along with everyone as well, not just yeah. in t- inside your organization, but outside as well. Yeah. Yeah. We actually just wrapped up a course on that. We call it operating effectively. And yeah, it's, it's entirely about that. What are, who are all the participants on a, on a project and how do you, how do you zoom out and look at everything from a bigger picture right. as well as from everybody else's perspective too, which, you know, in our own industry, we get kind of wrapped up from our focus and our focus only. So being able to take that step back really, really helps. So uh, I'm just going to flip over to Brittany quickly. So it was, it's interesting that you said that because Brittany, your, your background too is in environmental sciences. Is that, is that, have I, have I got that right? Yes, you do. So my undergraduate degree was environmental science. And so now working in um, this mill program, I guess you can you can have an appreciation of what some of the courses are and, and the the students within that are some of the topics that they bring up. I guess you you can get a good understanding of what's going on there too. 
Yes, it was, it's been really nice or neat to come back to working in a geology department, um, just because my, my degree is very similar to a geology degree in many ways, but right. I've learned a lot from the students within this program about the energy sector and the mining um, industry, specifically a lot about the energy sector, just because the average person nowadays only knows so much about a sector that's uh, highlighted in the news and talked about a lot right now. So right. learning more about the people who actually work within it and what they do has been really insightful for me. And that's why I think I'm lucky my job too, which is why I love doing grad chat because I can learn so much from our students and I think it's it's fascinating the whole time. So um, it's, it's great. So Andrew, I'm going to ask you another question. Sure. Bit of a loaded one, perhaps, maybe not. How mm-hmm. will this program help you to achieve your future goals because I'm not sure where you are in your career but how will it help you go to the next step I guess? Yeah so I guess um, maybe just a little bit of background I've been working in industry for just shy of 15 years now so for someone like me who's kind of progressed through the kind of technical roles really the next step is at some point there'll be opportunities for positions of management obviously And really, a program like this is designed to help you in that that future step. So not necessarily being in charge of people, but in in looking at an entire uh, project that you're trying to have done, how do you you see it from everyone else's point of view? Right, which is really important as a manager too, is not just to see what's straight in front of you, but how everything connects, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Which is really, which is what kind of this program is about to see how those connections and things are. So I'm actually going to go sideways a little bit, and, and unless, unless of course, Brittany, there's something else you'd like to say about the program before I move on. I think the only last point that I like to touch on um, about the program is we do we do have students in this program who come from both a technical and a non-technical side. All right. Yeah, when the program was originally designed, we were looking for engineers um, and geologists. But since we've launched, we've actually had people who come from um, still the energy or mining sector, but come from economics or policy or a finance background who want to learn more about the technical side of the industry. So it's kind of been an interesting switch there. And it uh, allows for a very diverse class of students as well. Yeah, I think that's really important to know. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because yes you you would initially think it's only for people in the sector but you're right there's other areas like you said economics and finance and things that all need I mean everyone's looking for jobs around the place and so why not try and get into one of these areas of the mining or energy sector so I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because it's important that everyone knows each part really really well so Andrew I'm going to throw another curly one for you so when you're not working, because you're clearly busy um, with, with everything, what do you do in your so-called spare time? Well, spare time right now is a little bit limited. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm so used to sort of yeah. under the normal conditions. Under normal conditions. <laughs> yeah, I like the outdoors, so i uh, quite active hiking and biking and climbing for sure uh, when we're allowed to. Just opened the parks up yesterday, so it was nice to get out there and. Uh, and go oh, that's ride. good. And Keeping yeah. social distancing, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
and then travel. Travel is kind of another passion of mine. So typically this is our somewhat slower season at work. And uh, right. this is where I usually take off to go see some nice foreign well, exotic country. Well, inter- why would you say this time of year is a quiet time for the sector? I would have thought summer would be busy. Well, this is, uh, so in Western Alberta, the energy industry, we we often need to use roads to get out to all of our sites. Right. And uh, this is when the uh, frost starts to, to basically melt and all of our roads become very soft. So there are roads oh. that go up, which basically okay. prohibits most of the really heavy equipment from moving around. So right. by the nature of our weather, it, uh, it causes a big slowdown in our activity. Well, I guess things went a bit too far up at Fort McMurray. Yeah, things are yeah definitely for a lot of the a lot of the companies slowing down, and it's a big question mark as to when a lot of them are going to get going again. Get going again, yeah. And and Brittany, what do you have to do in your spare time? Because I I know sometimes you you hear things saying, "Oh, the university shut." We go, "Well, no, we're not shut. We're still here. We're working still hard." So you know, how are things been for you? Things for me from a, a work standpoint have actually been pretty similar to what they were before just managing an online program it's been right. an easy transition for me as I know compared to a lot of other people that I work with um, <laughs> but being at home all the time and working through that has definitely been a change one positive is that my partner actually travels for work and so he's been home and it looks like he'll be home for you know most of the summer which is nice so it'll be a oh that's nice yes yeah, so when we nice. actually get a summer Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we'll ha- we're trying to figure out what we can do to make it a fun summer here in Kingston and take advantage of us both being here in the same city at the same time. And I think we do have to do that, don't we? I mean, we're under extraordinary circumstances, but we can we can learn a lot from from being in this situation. I think I just it's, I always find it nice to look outside now, and there's so many more people walking around and with families not just by themselves. And I think that's fabulous. And the more we can do that, the better, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I hate to say it, but we're coming to the end. So I do like to, would like to thank both you, Brittany, and you, Andrew, for doing this show today. Andrew, I hope things work out really well for you, both in your work and in your studies. Seems like you're handling it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully things can get back to bit better for you for the for the industry and Brittany once again thank you very much for actually suggesting you know can, can you come on and talk about the program because you're right I mean there's so many different programs that we have and it's been fabulous to be able to talk about one of our professional programs that not many people would would know about unless they're perhaps in the sector mm-hmm. so it just goes to show the diversity of our programming which is fantastic so I really appreciate you putting that forward to us. Well, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Well, you are very welcome, both of you. And uh, Andrew, I know it's a bit early for you there, but for Brittany and I, it's almost towards the end of the day. So with that, thank you again. Um, So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcast, or Stitcher. Just type in a grad chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray.
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.